Hi, I'm Mark Bud. And I'm Jair Briggs Davis. And we're from Mark and Jair Explain Sports. This is a tripod production. The following is a tripod production. Do not attempt to adjust your dial. Mark Bud and Jair Brooks Davis, two friends growing up in the Big Apple, two friends who became sports writers at the top of their craft. Mark, the assistant sports editor of Drexel University's The Triangle. Jair, the color commentator and reporter at Curry College. On their own, they give their own unique insights. However, together, Mark and Jair explain sports. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Mark and Jair Explain Sports. I am Jair Brooks Davis. And I'm Mark Budd. So, Mark, a lot of things, well, a lot of crazy things actually happened after we last recorded. We're going to start out with baseball, but it's just so annoying because the day after we recorded last week, James Harden was traded to the Brooklyn Nets. Yes, I know. We were very upset that, that happened literally the day after we were recording. But, you know, you know he obviously... The Sixers were involved in the process and it didn't happen. Maybe that was a good thing. Maybe that was a bad thing. But I know for a fact that the Rockets were simply just asking for too much on the Sixers. They wanted Tyrese Maxey and that, that's just not happening because Tyrese Maxey looks like a potential star. I was okay with Thibel and Simmons getting traded, but not, not Maxey. So I'm glad that the Sixers didn't do that trade. But yeah, what were you saying, Jair? Actually, you know what, Mark? Let's start off with basketball today in that case. Well, James Harden, he was traded to the Brooklyn Nets. How do you think the Nets are going to fare between having Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving on the same team with one basketball? Well, that's a great question. Obviously, there's a lot of questions about that because, you know, Kyrie has missed the past six or seven games for personal reasons. But yesterday, he came back to the Nets facility and said, yes, I just had to take some time off, whatever that means, because of personal reasons. So I guess it's good that he's back. They play tonight, I believe. So we'll see how, and I believe Kyrie is actually playing. They're going to be playing against the Cavs. So this is the first time the three of them together will be playing. But what I will say is in the two games that Harden has played, the Nets look pretty good. Him and Durant clearly have that chemistry. They've won both of the games. Harden has had a triple-double, I believe, in both games. So yeah, I think that it depends on how Kyrie fits. But as far as asking if Harden fits, he does. It's just a matter of how the team will look once Irving joins the fold. But in terms of the Sixers with the trade, I know that there are reports out that Ben Simmons, his agent told him that he was expected to get traded. And then there was an offer. And then apparently the Rockets just stopped answering the phone. So maybe they're just trying to stick it to Daryl Moore because he used to work there. I don't know, but that could be one of the reasons why it didn't happen. But like I said, I'm happy that the Sixers didn't trade Tyrese Maxey. What are your thoughts on the trade of Harden going to the Nets? And do you think the Nets are the favorite to make it to the finals now, Jair, coming out of the Eastern Conference? Well, it was a good trade for the Nets. The Nets, they got themselves some wins, and now they're the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference. They still have to go up against the Boston Celtics, the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Philadelphia 76ers are the third seed right now. Actually, the Sixers and the Bucks are tied for the second and the third slots, with the Pacers being fourth. Do I think it was a good trade for the Nets? I do, especially because Kevin Durant, he got some help while Kyrie Irving was out. I think that before we talk about, you know, could they fit together? I, you know, let's just make sure that the personalities and everything else goes well with the team. You know, they also have to share the ball. And we all know how Kyrie Irving could be at times. And 
I'm sure D- James Harden could be very frustrating at times. Did you ask me about the Sixers if they did well by not making by yeah. not making? You think they made the right move? Currently, right now, I think that they made the right move. Giving a Ben Simmons is a tough decision. It would have been interesting to see James Harden with Tobias Harris along with Joel Embiid. But you know, the Sixers they're within top four in the Eastern Conference right now. So I think that it's a situation of, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I just think that Simmons and Embiid, they need to succeed, especially when it comes to the playoffs. So that's what I think about the Sixers. Yeah, and another thing that comes up when I think about the Sixers is, you know, if if the team isn't where they want to be towards the trade deadline, will the Sixers try to put together a similar package that they put for James Harden? to get someone like Bradley Beal or Zach Levine. What are your thoughts on that? Potentially, I would love to have Bradley Beal. I think that the Sixers could put a package together. I mean, the question is, is like, you know, do you really want to give up like Ben Simmons or do you want to give up Embiid or? No. I mean, no. I can see, I can understand giving up. Like, what did you say, Mark? Embiid is off limits. Yeah. But, you know, it would be, I could, I, I understand giving up a package, but it's just like, you know, it's just, it's just tough to give up certain people on the team. But also, uh, before I finish off, uh, you asked me, do I think that the that the Nets are a clear favorite to make it to the uh, NBA Finals? I think that they are a favorite, but, you know, they still have to go overcome the Celtics and the Bucks And the Sixers. I think, and the Sixers. You think the Celtics are better than the Sixers? I think that they're up there with the Sixers, but, you know, don't forget, you still have Jason Tatum and Tobias Harris. I mean, you still have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown on the yeah. on Boston Celtics. Say what? Tobias Harris is definitely not on the Celtics, Jair. No, 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 no. I got, I got, I got my, before we, I got myself a little bit confused. Before, before we leave the NBA, there is one thing I want to talk about in the NBA, and that is the Knicks are very surprising. They're actually not, they're playing very hard. And I think Tom Thibodeau actually was a good hire for them. The team is almost at 500 and they're not like embarrassing to watch anymore. So I will give you credit for that. The Knicks definitely are on the right path. They're this number six seed right behind the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, they will definitely be in the playoffs this year. Yeah, and also, actually, Mark, hold on. I, w- I wanted to ask you this question. Uh, well, you know, you have the Hawks at eight and you have the Cavs at seven. What do you think about what's going on with the Atlanta Hawks? I mean, not the Atlanta Hawks, the Cleveland Cavaliers with uh, Kevin Porter Jr.? Yeah, very interesting situation. I don't know why he's acting like that. He's, it's not like he's a star player or anything. Maybe he has something going on. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I know he was throwing food. He took some notes out of J.R. Smith. Smith did back in the day through food at a assistant coach. So hot soup, I believe it was. Yeah, but, but obviously mad because um, Terion Prince's locker is where Kevin Porter Jr.'s was, so he was upset about that. Hey, man, that's just the way the league is. I don't know why he's so upset, but um, I think that it was because they tech. I mean, they moved Kevin Porter Jr. stuff without him even knowing. I think that's what the issue was. Like, yeah, I mean, should the reaction be to throw food though and, and have a temper tantrum? Okay, then I'll, I'll give you that point. I do understand Kevin Porter's frustration, but to throw food and stuff like that, I, I get it. It sounds like he doesn't want to be there, though, to be honest. But, I mean, and, and there was also a, a rough few months on him. You remember that he got caught with, like, the gun and, like, marijuana charges or something like that? Yeah, I, I do remember that. I mean, he clearly has a lot going on. Yeah, I think maybe it's time for him and the Cavs to just have a, a breakup. One more thing, Mark, when it comes to the Western Conference, are you impressed by the Golden State Warriors? I am impressed by the Golden State Warriors. You know, they had a rough start to the season, getting blown out by the Bucks and some other good teams. You know, as of the last few weeks, they've been definitely stepped it up. I got to give it to your boy, Jamon Green. Since he's came back, they've been playing better. Scott, I got to give him some credit where credit is due. 
and Stephen Curry has been playing at an M- MVP level this season. And, you know, they had a huge win against the Lakers two nights ago. So, yeah, the Warriors definitely are on the rise. And I could definitely see them making the playoffs this year. And it's just a shame that Clay Thompson isn't there because I really, I truly believe that they would have been one of the top teams in the West had Clay Thompson been able to play the season and not Torius ACL. I agree with you on that, Mark. Well, the NBA, it's a very exciting time. We are going to take a quick break and we are going to get into Jair's favorite sport, MLB. And we are going to see if the Mets have made any moves or if their guy potentially has signed with somebody else last night. So welcome back, everyone. Uh, let's jump into our MLB talk over here with my partner, Mark Bud. So, Jay, last night, well, first of all, we have a few things going on in your Mets organization. First things first, we have to bring up the elephant in the room. How does it feel to not only last year you had a manager last just about a week for a cheating scandal, but then Sunday night, we get the news, a bombshell report from ESPN. Now former GM Jared Porter sent 65 unsolicited text messages to a, a female reporter, like pretty much harassing her. This happened in 2016, and apparently ESPN got the woman who Porter was texting continuously, shared the information with ESPN, showed them the text message, has the screenshots in 2017, and ESPN basically waited on it. And now they pounce on the idea to do it now, which is smart by them. And he lost his job. Steve Cohen did the right thing by um, firing him. But then Sandy Alderson actually was on the Zoom call. And he didn't exactly do a great job answering the questions. They asked him, oh, when you hired Jared Porter, did you talk to any females? And he was like, no, we didn't. That's just the way the business is. Not a great look. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. First off, I think that... The news came out maybe Monday night, but... uh, uh I, I think I got confused because we didn't have school on Monday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was Monday night. I'm going to have to say that in terms of the Jared Porter situation and with what ESPN did, I, I think that the news should have came out a long time ago, personally. I mean, I'm not trying to justify him being fired or not being fired. I mean, it makes sense for him to be fired. But the thing is, is that you got to think also... You know, first off, he was with the Arizona Diamondbacks organization. And the Cubs. And they, they all have said that none or, or the Mets, none of them heard about this until Monday. This is not I don't think that it should be. It would have been a worse. It would have it would have been more of a black eye on the Mets if they didn't do anything about it or if they suspended him, you know, or they like find him. That would have been an even worse look. 65 messages and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's just and like, you know, with what he did send. And she yeah, very creepy. Uh, I, I saw the articles. I read some. Of the, I read some of it on my own. It's just like you know, you're going. You're saying you're sending sixty something messages, and and what he did send, and she wasn't even responding. It was just like you know, dude, like come on now, like that's just that's just brutal. And I want to give a quick shout out to my cousin Kendall Frost for giving me details about you know a working environment and all that kind of stuff. That's just not what you do. And he was, and Jared Porter was in his place of work. That's my personal opinion about it, and it makes sense why the Mets fired him. In terms of Sandy Alderson, it wasn't a good look in terms of, you know, we didn't ask any women. It, I didn't really think too much deep into it until you brought it up just now, Mark. But, yeah, it's not a good look. You know, I think that going forward, he's probably going to ask look at look at women to, to, to be in the front office. Look at the Red Sox. They just hired someone to be a coach or be in the front office. The and the Marlins have a female general manager now. 
Yeah, yeah, they do. So it's not a good look on Sandy Alderson. Like from a business side and on a baseball side, it made sense to why they hired Jared Porter because he has had pretty good experience. And I'm just talking. That's just in the working world. So I mean, I saw the press conference yesterday with with Sandy Alderson. I saw it wasn't a good look, but I will say that I, I personally have met Sandy Alderson. I know he is a nice guy. It just the interview went yesterday. It just wasn't a great look. I'm not saying he's not like a nice guy or anything. It's just. I don't know. I feel like he could have said it better. But sometimes when you ask questions, it just doesn't come out right. Yeah, no, yeah. It, it, it doesn't come out right. Sometimes journalists, we could re- report on something and we could try to ask someone questions and maybe our questions didn't come out as well as we thought in our heads. Mm-hmm. I, I, but, but also, I do want to just say a quick, uh, before we go on, I just want to say a quick shout out to Sandy Olsen with his dog barking in the background and the squeaky toys, I think, was in there, and his wife was walking back and forth, and I was just, and like everyone in the comment section was just laughing and just saying, "Oh no, what else is gonna happen?" Yeah, that is very funny. It reminds me of uh, the NFL draft this past year when it was all virtual, and Bill Belichick, I don't know, he went up to the bathroom or something, and they showed his room on the ESPN, and it was just his dog sitting on the chair, just looking at the camera. I thought that was funny. In all seriousness, though, the Jared Porter situation, the Mets should not get, get blamed for that, and Jared Porter was wrong. That's my honest opinion. No, and- I don't think that the Mets are at fault. I just think it's not funny. It's just it feels like the Mets all – when things are going right, something always happens. Yeah. I mean, even with the Beltron situation, he helped people bang some trash cans, and they robbed the Dodgers. Whatever. I don't feel – yeah. Anyways, well, Mark. Continuing with the Mets, last night it was reported that a guy who you have talked about that you wanted, George Springer, former cheater and Astro player, has signed with the Toronto Blue Jays for six years and $150 million, which comes around at $25 million per year. It's a hefty price. Good for the Blue Jays. I mean, I don't like the Blue Jays because they're in the Yankees division. But And then it said that the Blue Jays are also thinking about signing Michael Brantley, another outfitter, to go because he's really good friends with George Springer and they represent the same agency. So, Jerry, I want to know your thoughts on that and if you think the Mets should have matched the offer. I think that the Mets shouldn't have matched the offer, and this is why. And, I mean, we've discussed about George Springer before. So the thing about the George Springer signing or not signing him is that when we traded for Francisco Lindor, we gave up our prospects and I was – pretty you know i mean we gave up our younger players who are under team control and i that's why i think the move could backfire but since you got francisco Lindor added into an offense that features pete alonzo michael conforto dominic smith jd davis and uh jeff mcneil too and you also don't forget you you also signed james mccann this offseason francisco Lindor, his offensive production could could take care for what george springer could have provided Ahmed Rosario wouldn't have really provided it. He could have, he could provide seven homers, fifty-one RBIs, and maybe and like a and a bunch of hits, but not like the offensive firepower that Francisco Lindor can provide. And Jimenez is more would be more of a Jeff McNeil type of player. I could see him as more than a Pete Alonso, obviously. So I think that having Lindor defensively and offensively put up some solid production could take over for. Well, the offensive production could take over for what George Springer could provide. Then the Mets, they could also go for a player like a Jackie Bradley Jr. or a Kevin Pillar or even a Albert Almora in center field or Kike Hernandez. They could put Tommy LaStella at third base with J.D. Davis. So my point being is, is that the Mets could survive. And plus, with Conforto and Lindor being free agents after this upcoming season, Mets fans want to extend them. So I think the Mets could catch a break even though they didn't get George Springer. 
my argument to that is Steve Cohen has twelve million dollars. I don't think it would really hurt him to pay George Springer twenty five million dollars a year. However, you're not gonna like this, but I believe that the Mets now are turning their attention to your boy Trevor Bauer to sign him to a three or four year deal for thirty million dollars per year. I was laughing last night, Jair. I went on I went on Bleacher Report and I was looking at the comic section. And I just saw you react to a comment that someone that just said, oh, God, no. And it said, now the Mets should 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 uh, go for uh, Trevor Bauer. And I commented back and the kid liked my comment. It was funny. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I know you're a big uh, Trevor Bauer hater. And I just hope that they sign him just to see a reaction. It's it's not just, it's, I'm not a hater. It's just. You're a hater. He wants Garrett Cole money. And it's just, he didn't, he has not put up Cy Young numbers on a consistent basis to even be considered in the same category as Trevor, as Garrett Cole. Yeah, but what if he gets Garrett Cole money, but instead of nine years, it's only three years? I'm still not happy about it. Personally, how I feel is that they should be looking to do whatever they can just to accept Michael Conforto and Francisco Lindor. That's their main obligation. And then there's free agents out there. There's going to be free agents next year that they can look at that could cost less, but still put up some good production for them. I, like, look at Tommy LaStella. I would sign Tommy LaStella. I would look at Masahiro Tanaka also. Why do we need Trevor Bauer? That's how I feel. I totally agree. Before we move on to football, I will say that the Phillies have finally signed a reliever, Archie Bradley, to a one-year $6 million contract. And there's hope that they will re-sign JT Ramuto so that it won't be a complete failure of an offseason. But until then, it's still a failure. When it comes to the Phillies, like what what's up with the with their situation? Do they have like a lot of problems in terms of like signing free agents? Like they don't have money to spend. Well, apparently they lost like a hundred million dollars last year. I feel like all the teams did because of the COVID. But yeah, um, when they hire a guy like Dave Dabrowski to be the general manager, he's known as very aggressive and wants to win now. So I'm assuming that they're going to try to sign Realmuto. I know that they offered him a hundred million dollar contract. So we'll see if he takes it or if they offer him a little bit more. Now that the Blue Jays have signed George Springer, it doesn't seem like they're going to try to sign Ramuto. It doesn't seem like there's really many other teams trying to sign him. Like, you know, the Mets, they signed James McCann, so they're out of the picture. So I think it's the, the Phillies just need to up their offer a little bit, and then Ramuto will sign. Who do you think is going to be the best team potentially in the National League East? I think that the Mets probably. Even more than the Atlanta Braves? The, the Braves are definitely up there. But I think that the Mets, especially if they sign your boy Trevor Bauer, they'll oh, push them over the edge. Stop Although it. their manager is very young and not experienced. So I don't know. I think maybe the Braves will be better because, you know, they, they're more experienced and they have a lot of weapons. And also, lastly, the Padres, they acquired Joe Musgrove. The Yankees, they re-signed DJ LeMahieu. What do you feel about... And Corey Kluber. And they signed Corey Kluber. And Corey Kluber. Um, Padres have a great have a great uh, pitching rotation for the Yankees. I just want to know how do you feel about how they're looking right now in the American League East? I think they set themselves up to make the World Series this year. It's like World Series or bust. And I think you brought up the Padres. I think it's either going to be the Yankees versus the Padres or the Yankees versus the Dodgers in the World Series. That's what I want to hear from you, Mark. A lot going on in baseball. And our next topic will be NFL. Where we'll be talking about this past weekend's playoff games and our predictions for this upcoming weekend. So stay tuned and we'll be right back after the break.
Hey, what's going on, everyone? Before we get into our last uh, section, when we, when Mark and I, when we talk about the NFL, we just got the news that Michael Brantley just signed with the Toronto Blue Jays um, for a three-year deal. Mark, just quickly, you know, what's your opinion about it? I know. I mean, it was obviously expected last night. There was word that this was going to happen because, you know, he has a close relationship with George Springer and they belong to the same agency. So I think it's a good move by the Blue Jays. Obviously, Michael Brantley is a great player. You know, the Blue Jays are just getting better. They have a lot of young talent and they added two veterans who are still producing at a very high level. So I don't see why, why they don't do make the move. What about you, Jair? Michael Brantley, he did pretty well while he was with the Houston Astros. During his time in Houston, he had 27 homers, 112 RBIs with a .309 batting average throughout 10 years with the Cleveland Indians. He had a .295 batting average. He played in the 2019 World Series with the Houston Astros, and he participated in the, in the 2016 World Series with the Cleveland Indians. Both were losses from, but pretty good deal for the Toronto Blue Jays as they are trying to make more noise in the American League East. Don't forget that they made the postseason in 2020. But anyways, Mark, let's jump into the NFL. Absolutely. So, Mark, we're going to run down through our NFL uh, games from this past weekend and this upcoming week. And we also need to talk a little bit about a little bit about Deshaun Watson. And we also got to give a shout out to our people who have been supporting us and have submitted some responses to where they believe that Deshaun Watson should go. But first, Buff, the Buffalo Bills going up against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, what did you think about the game, Mark? Unfortunately, Lamar Jackson, he got a concussion. Yes, he did. But while what I will say is that that game didn't surprise me, you know, the Bills that came out, Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, the connection is surreal. They're deadly connection one of the best in the league if not the best and you know the Buffalo Bills defense they they showed out you know Lamar Jackson he didn't have a great game you know before the concussion he then threw a costly pick towards the end of the game that resulted in a 101 pick six that wasn't great you know I feel bad for Lamar Jackson but I do think that he made progress this season as they did find he did get his first playoff win last week against the Titans so they have that to be happy about. But, you know, I think the Bills were the better team, as it showed in the game. Um, so they deserve to move on to the next round as they will face the Kansas City Chiefs. And I will give a shout out to Bills Mafia. They're very they're so generous. They donated, I believe, almost three hundred thousand dollars to a charity that Lamar Jackson really likes down in Louisville because they felt bad that he got injured. So shout out to that. It was a decent game, and, you know, the Bills are moving on to the next round. So what are your thoughts, Jair? Buffalo, they have been a very strong team this season. Stephon Diggs, he's made – he's done pretty well going along with Josh Allen. Uh, it, it was – for me, it was a little bit rough to watch because it just felt like the the Ravens, they just couldn't get any momentum, get any traction anywhere. I'm glad that Bills Mafia made a donation to Lamar Jackson's uh, charity and all that kind of stuff. I was at Panera Bread with my mother, and we – and I – and I read about it, and I was like, you know, that's very generous. The Bills, they move on to the Kansas City Chiefs. I feel like that's going to be more of like a of a strong head-to-head matchup. A part of me believed that Buffalo was gonna go, was gonna go in and uh, sort of like not necessarily trounce the Ravens, but you know, have a solid game against them. Definitely. And moving on to the next game from this past weekend, there was the Cleveland Browns versus the Kansas City Chiefs, which was controversial, should I say? Mm-hmm in that at the end of the 
second quarter, Rashard Higgins on the Browns was about to score a touchdown to cut into the lead that the Chiefs had, and he actually fumbled it into the end zone, causing a touchback with the Chiefs getting the ball at the 20-yard line. But it was very controversial in that it was a head-to-head helmet hit, which is illegal, and the refs just didn't call it. And I also will I say that I hate that rule that when the ball is fumbled into the end zone that the defense gets the ball back. I believe that the offense should get the ball back at the 20 instead of the defense. What are your thoughts on that rule, Jair? I 100% agree with you on that one. And, I mean, when it happened, what's the defensive back's name? Daniel Sorensen. Daniel Sorensen. I mean, it's just when, when when the play happened, like my mom was walking by, I said, Mom, take a look at this. And think about, you know, how Higgins went, how he technically was, like, in the end zone. And then, like, he fumbled it after he got hit in the head. And I said, you know, I thought that was a helmet-helmet. Then later, yeah, it like, was. Later, yeah, which it was. And then, like, a minute later, like, the announcer started talking about, you know, helmet-to-helmet and all that kind of stuff. I was thinking, like, yeah, like, I'm not – look, look, Mark, we all know that, you know, I know you're a football guy. I'm, And, I mean, I'm a big baseball guy. And I like basketball and I like hockey. But I thought that was a helmet-to-helmet. It was. Um, you talk about the college football playoffs and everyone talks about targeting. That was, I mean, wouldn't this be targeting? This isn't helmet to helmet. Oh, so, absolutely. I, so, I mean, they, I, in my opinion, I thought that Cleveland got robbed of a touchdown should have given them another six or seven points. And it's just, you know, Odell Beckham jr. He went, he said before that the Browns are going to win. As far as I'm considered, the Browns had the capabilities to win the game. Yeah, I mean, even with that that call that screwed them over, the Browns still had a chance later on in the second half. And, you know, they did make a comeback. And then Patrick Mahomes actually from the Chiefs ended up getting injured, had a concussion. So they had their backup quarterback in, Chad Henney, who they didn't look great. He threw a really bad interception in the fourth quarter where he should not have thrown that ball. It was a ter- one of the worst throws I've seen. It just, like, literally looked like a punt. Like, the Browns defensive player was there was no one near him and he it looked it literally looked like he was catching a punt return so that just shows you how bad the throw was baker mayfield had his chances to try to give the browns the lead and they couldn't at the end of the fourth quarter the browns decided to punt instead of going for it which i think they should have in the long run they should have just gone for it you know with henny back there it's not like they had patrick mahomes to worry about and you know so that that and I will say that Kevin Stefanski did not help the Browns, um, the head coach of the Browns. He did not help them that day because he he cost he didn't have any timeouts towards the end of the game to stop the Chiefs. He used it on a challenge that wasn't a good challenge late, earlier in the second half. I will say that I do think the Chiefs got kind of lucky, but yeah. you know, I do believe that if Patrick Mahomes didn't get injured, they would have blown them out probably. Not blown them out, but they would have had an easier lead. It's definitely going to be very interesting to see the Chiefs play the Bills this upcoming weekend. It's going to be a very close matchup, and I think it will be a tougher matchup for the Chiefs because the Bills' defense is considerably better than the Browns. And we don't even know if Patrick Mahomes is going to start this weekend because he still has to, to clear the concussion protocols. So if Chad Henney has to start, I the Bills are definitely going to win that game. Can I just take a pause? I don't mean to, before we move on. First off, didn't the Bills, they, didn't they trade Patrick Mahomes' is like draft, like hit, like his pick? Wasn't that initially a Bills pick? I'm not exactly sure, but you could, I think you might be right. Yes. Yeah. And and that that's number one. And I did say, hey, look, if the Cleveland, I mean, you know, I went into the game saying, and I think I told you last week, Mark, I said, if the Browns' 
defense looks like how it did in the second, like in the second half, I believe it was to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, you know, the Chiefs are going to blow them out. I have to give the Cleveland Browns some credit, some credit for not playing the Swiss cheese defense that they did against uh, the Pittsburgh well, Steelers. they kind of did play that Swiss cheese defense at the end of the sure. game and they let Chad Henney run for 15 yards. Like, how did that happen? You know, sure. but it is what it is. So moving on to the next game from this past weekend, we have the Green Bay Packers against the Rams. That game didn't surprise me at all. Obviously, the Packers won. The Rams just couldn't match up with them. You know, it was a close game till the end, till Aaron Rodgers showed why he's the MVP and just took over the game. Another exciting part of the game was Devontae Adams versus Jalen Ramsey. Devontae Adams got the best of Jalen Ramsey. They had their little exchange before the game. So, yeah, that game did not surprise me at all. And they are going on to play the next game we're going to talk about, which is the Buccaneers. So let's get into that game, Jair. What are your thoughts on the Buccaneers and Saints game from this past weekend? The Buccaneers and the Saints game, I mean, Brady and Breeze is a nice head-to-head matchup. But, I mean, you know, Breeze, he folded when it really mattered. The yeah. That, 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 that's that's my opinion on it. They had a – it was a very winnable game for them. But, but, like, towards the end, it was, like, what, 20 to 30? And, I mean, they, <laughs> like, you know, Tampa Bay, they just slowed it down. And what, a Breeze throw, like, four interceptions, I believe? Three, four? Three or four, or one of those. Yeah, that, that just I, our boy Shannon Sharp actually said that Jameis Winston probably would have given them a better chance in that game. Ooh, I, I actually Jameis Winston was one for one. <laughs> yeah, Jameis Winston threw was, a touchdown was, pass. Yeah, he was one for one. <laughs> I mean, but yeah. Hey, look. No, what were you saying, Mark? I was gonna say the Buccaneers. You know, I was. We were obviously both rooting for them. Tom Brady. He didn't play great, but he played better than Breeze. They he did get lucky. There was a few passes that the Saints dropped that could have been interceptions. But yeah, overall, Brady clearly looked better than Breeze. And you know, the Buccaneers defense just showed up, and the Buccaneers just wanted it more than the Saints did. But I will have to say, I want to give a shout out to Michael Thomas on the Saints. He was playing with a bunch of injuries, and he, he should have been he should have gotten surgery, but he said he wanted to wait and try to win Drew Breeze a Super Bowl. So I respect that. And, you know, obviously there's reports that this was Drew Brees' last game. So if it is, not the greatest way to go out going for interceptions. Yeah, and it was reported by Jake Glazer, you know, like in the beginning of the game that, you know, Brees stated that it was going to be his last game or at least his last game at that moment in the uh, Mercedes-Benz Superdome. It's a tough way to go out for Drew Brees, but, you know, if, the, if it was his last game, you know, I wish him the best of luck in his retirement, though. Definitely. So in our final piece of the NFL, let's talk about our responses. We, we asked about where do we think that Deshaun Watson should go if, if he gets traded. Um, it's been reported that Deshaun Watson is upset with the Houston Texans management because they didn't listen to him when he told them what coach they, he wanted to hire. It was reported that they completely ignored it and didn't even interview Robert Sala, who he wanted. So Jair wrote the question, where do you think Deshaun Watson should go? We got a few responses from Natalie and Max Roth. They said that they think that he should go to the Broncos. It's just in choice. The question is, will the Broncos have enough ammunition to trade for Deshaun Watson? I don't know. I don't know if they have enough as other teams. Then we had Drew Rosen. Shout out to Drew Rosen. I was just going to say, if I were the Houston Texans, I would be willing to give up whatever for – I would be willing to take whatever for Deshaun Watson at this you point. You mean the Broncos? No, I mean, like, 
the Houston Texans because, like, you know, you said, do the Broncos have enough ammunition? I'm trying to say if I were the Texans, I'd be willing to accept whatever just to get Deshaun Watson off the team. No, but there's other teams that can offer so much more. Drew Rosen said that he wants the Miami Dolphins, a very interesting choice. They definitely have more to offer than the Broncos do. They have, you know, first-round draft picks. They have Tua, and they have some players. And then the last one, we had Joey Giardino and our, and our boy Armand. Shout-out to Armand. Said that the Steelers should trade for him. Very, That would be a very interesting destination for Deshaun Watson. The question is, do they have enough to give up? I had one more that I didn't put down here. Effie Uziel, he stated the Jets could be another option. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you said that because I was going to say, in my opinion, I think that the Jets are the best, have the best chance to get Deshaun Watson because they have two first-round picks this year. They have Sam Darnold. They have a lot of draft picks. I do think that the Jets would be the best choice for Deshaun Watson to go to and for the Texans to make a trade to get the most out of it. Jair, what is your what is what is, what is your thoughts on that? Um, I think that the Jets would be a, a strong option, but you know, if I were the Jets, I would also think about you know going much younger, be like you know with Justin Fields being you know in the draft. Um, I, we also had Max's brother. I believe Max's brother. He also put down a, the the L.A. Chargers would be another option. Yeah, that doesn't Jake make Roth, any sense to me. They already, the Chargers, they, they, already yeah. they already have Justin Herbert. It doesn't make any sense to me. Jair, but also, uh, I think that the Steelers could be a, a nice option for Deshaun Watson, him and Juju. Well, Juju's a free agent this year, so it depends on if he's going to be even going to be on the team. But, but, but what do you think, Mark? Oh, I, I think the Jets are the best choice for Deshaun Watson. As I said before, they have the most draft capital to trade. And, you know, they have Robert Sala as coach, which Deshaun Watson wanted the Texans to hire. And I know people are going to say, well, the Jets don't have a lot of talent right now. Yes, but they have a lot of cap space and they have a ton of draft picks. So they're going to improve this season. But Jair, let's get into our final segment. Who is your loser of the week? My loser of the week right now is Drew Brees for his performance against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I agree with that one. Well, my loser of the week is Kevin Stefanski, head coach of the Browns. I believe that he didn't help his team. He didn't put his team in the best position to win on Sunday. He made a lot of mistakes. He used all his timeouts before the crucial moments of the game. So, yeah, that just didn't help. And the challenge he threw wasn't a good challenge. Jair, what is your funniest moment of the week? Uh, I have to say, personally, it is um, Jalen Ramsey getting kicked out of the playoffs. I remember earlier Jalen Ramsey just putting a – spine buster on golden tate and it's just like you know jalen ramsey was trash talking against uh the green bay packers this past week now they kicked him out of the playoffs definitely my my funniest moment of the week is noticing how james harden all of a sudden is not fat anymore because there is a picture from a week ago when he was in his rocket suit and he just looked pretty overweight and now there's a picture of him in the nets and he just does not look fat at all. So maybe he was wearing extra cushion or something to try to, I don't know, get the Rockets to trade him. Very interesting to me. Our final segment, what, who's your star of the week? Mine is going to be Tom Brady for that performance that he put up against the New Orleans. Mine is James Harden for his performance that he put on since joining the Nets. Well, Mark, it was nice to talk to you. We also, I mean, you know, until next week, we always give a shout out to to Tay on the track, but also we should give a major shout out to Joey Giardino for these nice edits that he put down for us. I appreciate that, Joey. Well, Jair, I'm looking forward to talking to you next week, man. Yes, likewise.
To listen to more Tripod Productions, go to thetriangle.org slash podcasts.